This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. All right, we're going to get in the Word this morning. Uh, if you've been here um, the last few weeks, you know what this particular sign means. Uh, if you'll lift up your right hand, if you're able... Live Long and Prosper is the name of this, this message series. If you cannot do this, there is mercy and grace. You can still get in the kingdom of God. <laughs> and chill out. You know, those look uh, don't like this. You can have fun in church. If you can't, I'm in a heap of trouble. Because I had fun since I was a little boy and, well... I don't know if I don't know if that was fun. <laughs> Actually, I got a lot of spankings as a little boy in church, and uh, but I did cause some other people to have fun, especially when I caused a, a a ride in church and put my money in the the communion elements that went by. And then before my parents, before my dad could grab me by the collar, I'd crawled underneath the pew chasing the communion uh, plate. I came up underneath, uh, I realized I came up underneath this lady, she was very upset. So I crawled <laughs> under her legs and uh, it was bad and uh, <laughs> I did receive another spanking with emphasis, it was the amplified version that time. Ever since then, I've got great respect for children's ministry, that ministry on their level that they can receive. But my dad, he did have compassion on me after a while. I was able to take, I don't know how many pictures I drew on the little cards at church. I mean, I, I was um, quite the artist. But anyway, um, live long and prosper is what God wants for us. It's not something that just uh, Star Trek stole. It's the Word of God. God wants us to live long and prosper. And if you missed any of this series, please go back. And even if you did hear it, you can't, you can't get it one time. You need to listen over and over because I believe that this is a message actually for this time that we need to have understanding to live a long life and, and to prosper, you have to be protected. You have to live long enough to experience that. You have to be able to live safely in, in the earth. And we live in dangerous times. There's probably more fear in the land than ever before. There is, there's worry. It's a great time to be a warrior. If you're into that, uh, you can, there's many things to worry about. And you can get highly developed as a warrior during this time. It's very easy. But God says, fear not. And he says to worry not. And when you hear the news, that's the world's news. We have kingdom news. And kingdom's news is always good news. And that's what we're to reflect on. It's not that we don't listen to the news because we're responsible. It helps us pray and know what's going on in the world, but we have to know our news comes from a different source. Our news comes from God, 
And his word is unchanging, and it's always good. It's always for our benefit. So we turn and look to him. And we found out that really a satisfied life is only found in Jesus Christ. In fact, we looked at scriptures that you don't have life if you don't have the Son. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. And many people think they're experiencing life to the max who don't have Jesus as a part of their life. And they're not even experiencing life, actually, according to Scripture. And it said these things are written in 1 John chapter 5 that we may know we have eternal life. You can have that assurance that you belong to Him, that you're His. And even if you missed it, you miss protection from God in, the, in this earth, you go straight to be in His presence. That's comforting. That's a good thing, isn't it? So, but God wants us to live long life. And in Psalms 91 verse 16 is our, our key scripture for this series. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is the Lord speaking. He said, with long life, with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And we talked about this earlier in the series, but God was not happy uh, with his people, and he actually put um, a, a word out that he reduced life to 120. And so you can live to 120 and be satisfied. That means you don't have to live a life that you're unsatisfied. You can live a long life and be miserable and unsatisfied. But God says you can have both. And you actually don't have to stop at 120. I don't throw that out there too much because people look at you weird when you say 120. But there, and you don't have to look like an old uh, prune that's dried up at 120. There is provision in the Word of God for that renewing of your youth. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. But really, this satisfying life, we're not created to live without God. There, there's, there's gaps and holes in our life that only He can fill. We're, we're not complete. We're, we don't have life without Him. And it's living for Him, surrendering to Him that we truly find life. So in, in Psalms 91 verse 1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And we found out that secret place is a place of intimacy. It's a place of, of, of uh, communion with God. And we are to dwell there and to dwell means continual, constant, uh, remaining. It, it means, uh, when you look up in the Hebrew, it means to sit. It, it, it's, it's a permanent place. You have moved residence. And you dwell and live in the secret place. And, and that place is a, a place of, that is unreachable to the enemy. We found out through scripture that the enemy cannot penetrate that place. That is a secret place that he cannot get to. And it's a safe place. It's with him. We found out that he is a secret place. That it's his presence. It's, it's being with him. So the secret place is intimacy, that private relationship and fellowship you have with the Lord. Dwelling place speaks of continual, consistent communion with the Lord. It means that you, you're consistent with it. You have this relationship. It's not just when you get in trouble, you go to God. 
It's just you have a relationship with him. You're talking to him and communion with him all the day long. Because he is yours and you are his. And it's in that place that you live and dwell and have your being in him. That's what that verse is talking about. It's in the secret place. Then it says that you shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We talked about shadow, remember being an umbrella. But also last week we found out it means a spiritual shield. Our God is a shield for us. He is a protection for us. And when you abide in the secret place, you come under that shadow. Under His protection. And if God is protecting you, I want you to know you are safe. You are safe. What about these people that didn't hear God's voice at 9-11? They went, his children went straight to be with him. The ones that lost their life. But others heard why they'd been in communion and they heard his voice. And when they, he heard, they heard the Lord say, go get some coffee at Starbucks. That's an easy one there. Most of us will respond to the Lord real quick on that one. You know, I hear the Lord go to Starbucks, get coffee. Yes. But there's that communion. He, he, will, he will speak to you. He will talk to you. And, and people didn't go into work that day. They took a vacation. Now, did God love those people more than his other children that died that day? No. It's just they were, they had been in communion and they, they could hear his voice. Just sharing with you something, this, this communion with him. The other morning I got up to go to the secret place and spend my time with the Lord. And I really had on my heart, I wanted to check a NBA basketball score. And I'm not even talking to the Lord. I'm just opening up, you know, to my scriptures. On, and I heard the Lord say, go ahead. I said, thank you, Lord. He, may, he said, go ahead, look it up. <laughs> yeah, my he may, thank you, Jesus. I mean, he'll talk to you. Now, that doesn't mean a whole lot to you, but you know that blessed me. You know God's not religious. <laughs> First thing, spend time with him. He said, go ahead and look up the score. Now, he probably knew I was going to be, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. You see in your notes there, the promises of Psalms 91 are for secret place dwellers. You come under his protection when you're dwelling, you're abiding in the secret place. How do we put ourselves under God's protection? It's that communion, that continual, consistent communion with the Lord. Jesus knew the importance of secret place. What did he do? That The Bible says he would rise up early. Sometimes he'd pray all night. He spent a lot of time in communion in the secret place with Father. And he would reap the protection of God. Because he spent time in the secret place. God was with him. In Matthew 6, verse 6, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus referred to Psalms 91. He referred to the secret place. He said, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, 
Pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. If you'll go to the secret place and commune with God, God will reward you openly because you invested in that relationship you have with Him. What? Is God not awesome? And He will bless you where others can see the blessing of God on your life. And Jesus, you look at His life, that's what He experienced. He, he experienced His protection. And then... The enemy knew that Jesus was walking by this Psalm 91. And when you look at the temptation in the wilderness, the enemy, one of the scriptures he used against him when he asked him to jump off the pinnacle and commit suicide, he used Psalms 91. Now, he used it out of context, but he used a... a on Jesus to tempt him, the enemy quoted Psalms 91 to him because he knew Jesus was walking according to Psalms 91 because it's the blessing for those that are walking um, under the provision of the benefits of God, the blessing of God. How did the enemy know? Because Jesus was doing the word and in the second verse of Psalms 91, it says, I will say, I will say, he is my refuge, my fortress. I will say, the Lord was saying these things and the enemy heard him and attacked him to come against or to get him to misdirect or misapply Psalms 91 in his life. The enemy could not, now you know why the enemy couldn't touch him. That's the reason Jesus could fall asleep in the midst of a horrible storm out on the sea, it's because Psalms 91, he knew he was under the shadow of the Almighty. He knew he was divinely protected because he dwelt in the secret place. He knew that God was there for him and they were not going to sink. They were not going over. And so he slept. That's the reason when after his first sermon, they decided to push him off a cliff. They didn't like the message or the messenger. It was more the messenger than the message, I guess. And they wanted to push him off the, the cliff. It says that he walked through the midst of them. He was in the secret place. He was hidden. The enemy couldn't touch him, couldn't reach him. And he walked through. Why? Because he had Psalms 91. He was walking in the provision of safety and protection. When God protects you. When I first started pastoring, um, had ministered to... Uh, a guy involved in witchcraft, and all of a sudden I get these calls, and they're death threats. And had three or four of these um, pretty quickly. I started pastoring. And uh, called a uh, pastor I came from, and he said, yeah, that, that goes with the call. I said, really? Nobody told me about this one. <laughs> I just loved everybody. I didn't have a problem until I started really wanting to help people <laughs> in, in ministry. And, uh, but there's Psalms 91, protection. I, I wasn't moved by, I wasn't, wasn't afraid or, or anything, but uh, I did pray, and I, I did call some friends in the ministry, asked them to pray because I felt, I don't want to be just flipping about this. I guess I'll get some people to pray, <laughs> and, and that's what I did. But God will protect you. He will be there for you. And those wings are long. 
those wings will cover you. But we have to make the choice to go under those wings. The reason the enemy couldn't take Jesus, it was until he laid down the shield. The spiritual shield came down and he laid down his life and then the enemy could take him. But no one took his life, he laid it down because he was protected. Even then he could have called for angels to come and rescue him. Thank God uh, he didn't. So Psalms 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him will I trust. Those who dwell in the secret place are to speak their faith. That's what it says here. That's what Jesus was doing. He was speaking his faith. We're to speak our faith. Why? Because the Bible says to. We're to speak or declare your faith. We're to agree with what God says. So we enter in by faith, believing, confessing God's promises. And there's something about speaking them out loud that changes everything. There's something about speaking it uh, forcefully uh, with confidence that changes us. Something on the inside of our soul changes. And we get strength. We get peace. So it's important that we, we speak these things. Well, I don't believe in God's protection. Well, shield down. <laughs> Mr. Sulu, take the shield down. Beam me out of here, Scotty. <laughs> There's no protection. But see, when I'm saying what God says, shields are up. I'm protected. And that's what God is. Now, don't just go around saying, my God's my refuge and my fortress and Him will I trust if you don't have any time with Him. If, if you're not following Him, you're not a disciple, you're not in the Word, you're not praying and following after what He says do in His Word, being obedient to Him. Don't, all you're doing is just speaking some things and nobody's hearing. <laughs> nobody's listening. It's kind of like you, you go to the gym and you see a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger on the, on the wall. You're not going to look like that if you go one time and work out. You got to be consistent. You're not going to, well, you're not going to look like that. <laughs> but Jesus' picture on the wall, you can come closer. He's, anyway. It's just like you're speaking to your finances. Oh, Lord, bring increase and bless our finances. And you don't even have a budget. You're not even looking at what you're spending. You don't have a clue. You're just speaking in the wind. Case hurrah, hurrah. Bless my finances. He said, get a budget. Work in a plan. Get something down. Do something. You know, we have a part to play in this. We're responsible. We have responsibility. I'm glad that thrilled you. But we do have to say some things. And saying it is important. In fact, you can start saying some things and it can change the inside of you. And you can start believing. You can get heart faith and things change. So when facing a challenge, you've got to learn to say, in this situation, I trust you, Lord. Just saying that. In this situation that I'm facing, and you can name the situation, I trust you, Lord. What are you doing? You're protected. 
God's going to make sure you come out the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. He's going to bless you in the city and the country. He's going to bless everything you set your hand to do. Because you're redeemed from the curse. And you're getting under the blessing of His covering. So we got to speak it. In World War II, there was a, a battle. It was at Dunkirk. And um, the Allied forces were being attacked by the Nazis. And actually, the, the Allies had been trapped uh, on the beach. And there was 400 plus men uh, backed up to water. And they could not get the Navy. They could not get people there to rescue them in time. And they're attacked by 60 um, aircraft um, planes flying over them. They're bombed, machine gunned. I mean, and, and this is all documented. It's a, a man named C.B. Moreland, a correspondent that documented this whole thing. And uh, you can look it up. I, I read it on the Internet. It was a miraculous event that took place. They're all on this sand beach with no cover. They're sitting ducks. No cover at all. But not one man was lost. Not one man had one scratch on him. And this correspondent, he uh, did some investigation. Why did this happen? How did this happen? You know, bombs are, are falling, machine guns, and no one gets hit. It just it baffled the mind. And what he found out was these 400-plus men recited Psalms 91. And they recited it at the top of their lungs. And nothing hurt them. Bomb goes off beside, doesn't hurt me. Machine guns, it goes down. It doesn't, no one was hurt. It's a miracle of God. Why? It's because, and I don't believe I was thinking about, were all those 400 plus men saved? Probably not. I bet some piggybacked on the ride, you know. There was probably a, a group there that were radically turned on, and they started saying it, and this thing just catches on, and before you know it, the whole beach is, they're all saying it top of their lungs, and there's some unbelievers mixed in this group, and they're shouting it, and they're, they're saying it, and they're noticing, man, the bombs are going off, but it's not hurting us, and they're bad shots, they're, they're shooting, but it's going into the sea, what is going on here? I believe a lot of them got saved afterwards. But Psalms 91 brought protection. God spread out his wings, the shadow, and they were protected. And God will protect you today. God is still our greatest security. Our greatest security is not our military. It's God. Do we need a military? Yes. We, we do those things, but God is our source of protection. And we look to Him. When you have uh, your, your kids in another country or other part, Psalms 91. No big deal. God's got you. Now, when Ellen brought me to the, the TV the other day and said there was a, a plane that blew up evidently. I said, what? <laughs> and... It wasn't too far from a section they had been at, Rob and Shauna had been at, 
And uh, I thought it came from Cairo. It turned out it came from London. So that's, that's even a worse situation. But you know, Psalms 91, protected. Say protection is mine. Because you are my refuge and my fortress, my God, and whom I trust. I want you to know you need protection on the streets around here. You need someone to intervene for you. So Psalms 91, I want to start with verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You know, years ago, I was doing a, a company trip, uh, went for some training in Atlanta, and I, I met uh, a young man there who was, um, was an electrical engineer. He had moved high up in his company, and, and we, got, we became quick friends, very, very sharp, and we went to lunch and um, just hung out together, and then the opportunity came up for me to uh, mention the Lord and talk about the Lord. And he said, you know what? Um, that's just a, uh, a place of escape for uh, Christians. That's just, a, that's just a excuse. Someone, it's, and he goes, you know, Jesus is just a crutch. And um, at that time, I'd been, how many remember footprints in the sand? And I had just uh, seen that, and uh, I said, well, you know, I don't know about crutch, but I know there's times he carries me. <laughs> and, uh, and he was not at a place for that, but I told him that everyone faces a time that they realize they run out of their own ability, their own strength. And, uh, and he listened to me, and we, we, we had a great time, you know, during that. But I, I got to thinking, really, what many look at Christianity that way, and really, it's true. God is our escape. He is our refuge. He is the one we run to. He is our everything. But isn't it great to have a hiding place? Isn't it great to have when trouble and, and things are coming against you, the place to run to where you're invited and you're welcomed and you're loved, someone that wants you to be there, someone that can listen to you, someone that has the power and the strength and the commitment to you to do something about the situation that you're facing. That's our Father. That's our God. So we run to Him. We run to that high tower, that place that the enemy can't get to. And there is protection, and there is peace, and there is refuge. And it becomes a fortress, becomes a stronghold in us that the enemy can't touch and the enemy can't take from us. You can be in the midst of a storm, but on the inside, you're communicating secret place. You're communicating with Father. So, Lord, I trust you. My trust is in you. And you can say it underneath your breath. You can say it to yourself. And there's God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will flood your soul, flood your emotions and your being. Everyone's looking for a hiding place. You know, 
and you're, on, you're in a war zone, you're looking for a foxhole. When bombs are flying and bullets are being shot, you're looking for a hiding place. You're looking for a, a place of covering. But Jesus is our covering. God is our protection. And he says, come into me. Come into me. And I'll protect you. I'll look after you. Jesus said, I wish, O Jerusalem, that as a, a, a hen would get the baby chicks, I wish I could have been that for you. But you didn't. You rejected it. We have to receive his protection. We come under his wings. We make the choice. It's us that has to make that choice. This is true. Why don't we see more evidence of God's protection in our lives? I believe we don't activate it many times. And a lot of people don't realize that we have this protection available, but we have to activate it. How we do it? By, by speaking it. You know, we try and be positive, have a positive attitude, which I, I believe in being positive. But being positive doesn't have God backing it necessarily. You need the Scripture. You need what God says. And many of us, you know, uh, many Christians have fallen into the words that the world is saying. You know, you sneeze and say, I think I'm coming down with that bird flu. Or you got a mosquito bite and I, um, I think I got the Zika virus. <laughs> and it's just easy to fall in that mode instead of saying, my trust is in you, Lord. You protect me even from the pestilence of mosquito bites and Zika. And I, I reject the bird flu. I, I reject, it's, it's for birds, it's not for me. I, I reject the Hong Kong flu or any other city flu. I reject those things. And it's not a sin to, to get sick, but don't release your faith and help the enemy get you there. Get you there. Amen? We have to agree with God. We have to start speaking what he says. Our words, it's in your notes, our words put us in agreement with God or the enemy. So where are you speaking? What are you speaking? And you have to meet people where they're at. There's a lot of things you can't speak because they won't receive it. But you're speaking mostly in the secret place, these things, when you're alone, inside. There's a lot of people that cannot receive what you would have to say because they said something wrong. Amen? It's not your job to go around and correct somebody. You love them. Get them into the kingdom first. I got one of my biggest spankings from God when I, I let my sister have it about something I saw was just stupid. About her, her child and um, I, I left there and, and thought, well, I did my duty as a, a brother and everything got in the car and I'm rejoicing. Thank you, God, for this opportunity and everything. And then he lowered the moon. You need to get her in the kingdom first in, the, in my family. What? And I had the joy of seeing her come to the Lord later. But I had to repent. And I had to call her and repent. Say, God, can this cup pass? I don't want to call. No, because if she, as not being a believer... And what you were speaking from is from a kingdom mindset. It's a turnoff. 
So I called her back. I, I apologize. Oh, you don't have to. Yes, I do. And, and I did that. And she was able to come into the kingdom later. I don't know why I got off on that. But anyway. Verse 3, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. God promises to deliver us from the traps of the enemy. A snare here is a trap. It's like a, a net or a cage. Many of you have seen like hunters use those uh, spring-loaded traps. And the, these, these traps, an uh, animal gets in it, and the more they try to get away, the, the more they're fastened on to that trap, the, the, the worse it gets. And what God is saying here, every trap that the enemy has set for you, he is able to release you or to deliver you from it. That means it could be a trap of fear. It could be a trap of uh, pornography. It could be uh, a trap of broken relationship. It could be any numerous types of, of traps could be set for you. And you might feel like you're, you're deep down in, in a pit. But there's nothing too hard for God to deliver you from. He will deliver you. Say He will. Now if God said He will, He will. He can deliver you from that victim mentality. He can deliver you from that thing, that place in you that keeps sabotaging your own life. He can deliver you from that place of being irresponsible. He can deliver you from that snare of the fowler, or the fowler's the hunter, from that snare of the enemy. Because the enemy is out to attack you. He knows what makes you tick and he attacks your soul. He attacks your mind to get you off of believing God off of getting your trust in God. And he, he sends these the situations across your path and into your life. The devil lays traps for our minds. The enemy will use circumstances, other people, or just the forces of the falling world to ensnare us. Situations we had no part in even creating, he will deliver us from that. Other times, it's the weakness of our flesh. You know, sometimes we just stumble into, you know, a snare. We just stumble into a trap because of the weakness of our, our flesh. Or just sometimes the enemy is surprised, I think. Oh, look at there. There's one stuck in a, a trap there. What in the world? It's one of us. <laughs> we did it to ourselves. Now, will God deliver us when we goofed up ourselves? Absolutely. You haven't turned him off so much that he doesn't want to deliver you. He's in love with you. His love is agape love, unconditional love. He wants, just like you do your child, stuck in a trap, you want them free. You want to deliver them. But God knows how to get you out of every trap. He knows how to spring every trap and get you out of it. He's a mighty God to deliver. He will deliver you. You can put your trust in Him. But here you are in the snare, in this trap. You need someone to get you out. Let me tell you what deliver here, this particular word here means to snatch up out of trouble. 
to snatch up out of the trouble. I love that. This deliverance means that God reaches down, snatches us up out of that trouble. Out of that trap of the enemy, God delivers us, snatching us up. Have you ever just, well, God, get me out of here. God, I need deliverance. You're my deliverer. I need out. And there's God. He reaches down into that pit, into that snare, into that trap, and snatches you out and sets you free. And you know it was him. And he gets all the honor and glory. The truth is, many times the, the traps is because we goofed up. Oh, not me, Pastor Bob. I've never walked into a snare or a trap on my own. It's always been the enemy. You're stuck in a, a snare, a trap right now. It's called pride. Let me help you. Step out. <laughs> Humble yourself before the Lord your God. <laughs> so what we do, we get our eyes on the Lord. Admit to Him He blew it, wherever. Turn to Him, get your eyes on Him. And... Get under his shadow. Let him protect you. When the pressure is on, we need to turn to the Lord for our refuge. We looked earlier what refuge and fortress mean. Awesome. Awesome uh, what they mean. But you, you have to go back and look at that. So we need to say, let's, let's say this together. Say, Lord Jesus, I run to you. You're my covering. I hide myself in you. I call upon you to protect me. I enter into the secret place. In you I trust. I call upon your name. For you're my Savior and my Deliverer. I declare that you're my fortress, my, my refuge, my shield, my strong tower. Now, let me tell you what you did, just did. You put on the shield of faith. That's what you did, speaking that. Put on the shield of faith. We need to be saying some things. We need to be speaking some things. Let's, let's bow our heads. I want to give you an opportunity to have a relationship with Father God. I want to give you an opportunity to connect with Him. That you can dwell in this new place called Secret Place. That you can have a, a residency there. How do I get there, Pastor? Well, you surrender to Him. You give your heart and your life to Him. You say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be your disciple. I want you, Lord. I, I thank you for the cross. Thank you for the price that was paid for me. But the Lord says, come just the way you are. You can't clean up enough to come to him. You come to him and he cleans you. He cleans you up. And he's good at it. No one looking around. Say, I need Jesus today. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. We're going to pray. 
Or maybe you've already prayed this, but you know you're not in relationship or, or fellowship with Him. You need to get right with Him. You need to connect back with Him. Today you can choose that. Or some of you today, your trust hadn't been the Lord. You've just been having crisis and stressed out and, and meltdown. And the Lord wants you to know you can put your trust in Him. Because this trap and snare that you're in, it's not too big for Him. He will deliver you. He will set you free. Because He is there. And He's watching and waiting for you to reach up to Him. He's watching and waiting for you to respond to Him. And as you do, immediately He will set you free. Not to walk in the same way that you walked before, but you walk having the Heavenly Father that, tr that you can trust, that you can rely on, that you can speak to and look to and find comfort and find strength. Because you weren't created to walk around with, in, with traps and snares connected to your life. You were created to walk with your Heavenly Father. To have your life hid in Christ. In the hiding place of His love. That's you. I just want you to lift your hand. Yes. Any others? There's provision. Yes, I see that. Others. Psalms 91 is for you. Let's pray this together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the price that was paid. I surrender my heart and I surrender my life to live for you. Thank you for Jesus shedding his precious blood, giving his life where I could have life. I received Jesus as the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me, Lord. You have become my refuge and my fortress. In you I trust. I will not let the enemy defeat me because I'm connected to you. And I reject the heavy burdens and the yoke of heaviness and oppression that the enemy tries to put across my neck but I'm free today I'm free today I'm free today because I put my trust in the most high God in El Shaddai thank you Lord for saving me today in Jesus name everyone said amen If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.